Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our inaugural episode of the Five Song Mixtape, a podcast where we discuss a new five song mix each and every episode. Uh, my name is Michael. My name is Devin. I'm RJ. And uh, Devin, do you want to explain kind of what the podcast is, what people should expect each and every episode? Yeah, so what we're going to be doing each week or every other week, we're going to be creating a five song playlist. One person from the team is going to be uh, making their playlist. We're all going to have time to listen to it and we're going to sit down, break down each of the songs, kind of break down the theme of it. Whether it's new music or old music, something you've heard before, something you've never heard before. And uh, kind of ask each other why we picked that music and uh, maybe talk shit on why we did pick that music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what's going to be cool about that is the song, the playlists and the mixes that we're going to be making is going to be through Spotify, right? And yeah. so uh, we're going to have a Spotify account that you guys can go follow us at to check out our songs that we make for our mixes each and every week. Let us know how you feel towards them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about uh, your guys' playlist because we're all pretty diverse here. Yeah, and it's been a while since we all really like talked about music too, so <laughs> yeah. it's going to be interesting. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different, so... Uh, RJ, why don't you tell them what this one's going to be about? Uh, since it's an introduction to everything, we're going to kind of go back and just, you know, music styles, talk about our favorite songs that we have uh, currently and also of all time. Uh, same thing, we're going to do like an album that we're going to talk about that is one of our favorites currently and of all time. And the same thing for artists of who we're digging right now and who we've dug for a long time. <laughs> uh, I guess to start us off, Mike. Yeah, so this was um, a little tricky for me because yeah. we, we always talk about this that like uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to do the podcast is because like we don't listen to enough music anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know about you guys, but for me, like I don't really listen to new music often. Like no. I have my old playlists and my old songs it's and my just old push bands. Play and you walk away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so having to really kind of dig in and think of like, who am I currently listening to and, uh, how does that represent, uh, who I've listened to always and trying to be a little diverse here, um, with my musical choices. But, uh, so the first one that we're going to be discussing is our favorite, uh, song of all time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Which is tricky. Um, yeah. All of these all-time things <laughs> were so tricky for me. Yeah. but It's super easy for me when it comes to movies. Uh, so, like, The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time. Okay. I was 10 years old that summer when that movie came out, and it was uh, a game-changer for me, okay. generally. <laughs> so that movie has always been and will always be my number one, right? Um, but favorite song of all time... Is it something by the Chemical Brothers? Like, <laughs> Matrix-y, <laughs> yeah. Crystal Method? Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was a little tricky for me thinking of an all-time song. Now, I'll say, and I'll probably repeat this every time I have a mix on this podcast, everything comes back to emotional reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you mean, like, nostalgia emotional or emotional at the time? I think at the time. I think okay. the reason why I chose this song as my favorite song of all time is because consistently it's always been there for me. And it's going to be the same way for the album, where it's like, it's always been there kind of for me through since I've heard it, right? Um, so it's going to be by Third Eye Blind. Mm. Um, and it's going to be a song called Motorcycle Drive-By. Oh. Yes. All right. <laughs> Interesting pick. Yeah. That song 
is, uh, and that album generally is just a great album. Yeah, fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, like most people who grew up in the 90s, like Third Eye Blind was oh, a big were, deal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't something that like I didn't take seriously until I was much older. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, you know, like you hear like Jumper and you're like, okay, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Same yeah. thing for me with Third yeah. Eye Blind. Right. Yeah, it wasn't until I was older that I really dived in to that album and uh, that song in particular on that album, since uh, that album I got really into in like an interesting time in my life. And for the last, like, it's probably been my favorite song since I've heard it. Uh, but it's been consistently up there for my favorite song, um, probably for at least the last like 12 years now. Huh. And it's because it's just a song that is incredibly nostalgic for that time of when I was younger. But on top of that, it's always meant something every time I go back to the song. So anytime I'm having, like, different things happening in my life throughout my 20s, like, it's just been a song that has just been a companion for me throughout that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Third Eye Blinds, Motorcycle Drive-By. All right. <laughs> That's interesting because, uh, like, Matchbox, or not Matchbox 20. <laughs> Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nice. Third Eye Blind. <laughs> Same thing for me. I kind of yeah. discovered that whole album later in life yeah and there's a ton of songs on there that i didn't even know existed like motorcycle drive by like narcolepsy yeah narcolepsy is a great song which i love that's probably my favorite song on that album and like that album was just full of hits but also all the b-sides are also like equal hits yeah it's a good album crazy that album is purely just about drugs and sex yeah and it's like (laughs) and suicide yeah yeah The, the big three, you know, yeah. drugs, sex, and suicide. <laughs> right. Um, my favorite song of all time, kind of along the same lines, uh, I, I discovered them a little bit about 10 years ago, I'd say, hmm. and this one song in particular just stood out. There's a few songs in my life that I can like, remember hearing and realizing that it like changed the way I listen to music. So like I'd be in a rut of listening to the same kind of music, um, same genres and everything. And I hear a song where I'm like, I didn't know people could do that with music. Right. And it's not even like a very innovative song, but it just hit me the right way. And it's a song called younger us by Japan droids. <laughs> I've never heard of this band. You haven't. Okay. <laughs> you would love. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just two dudes, guitar driven, like guitar and drums. Yeah. Canadian guys. Um, just guitar driven rock, like super loud lyrics are very simple. Lyrics are great, but the whole premise of the song is about, uh, being young and just missing the old days, but it's not done in a very like corny way. Like Hmm. it's done like semi poetically, but just in a really like interesting, I guess the dynamic of just having those two guys like keeps the energy up. Right. And I just didn't know people could make like noise rock like that. Hmm. That sounded kind of melodic. So that's cool. It kind of brought me into a whole style of other music. I started listening to other like Australian they bands are after fun. that. They're a good band. Yeah. Oh, so that's like a gateway song. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know me, I've always tried to explore other types of music. Yeah. And, you know, I'd kind of get bored with one style and try to find something else. And after a while, I just couldn't find anything else that like caught my interest but bands like this and cloud nothings have like they showed me a different style of music like like something else you can do with just guitar bass and drums Mm, and i found that really interesting plus the lyrics on this one are great which i'm not usually a lyrics guy but 
Yeah. That one. That's something that was probably going to come up a ton in this podcast yeah. on lyrics or melody. Yeah. Right? Like, there's... I have a hard time with instrumentals in general, um, but uh, songs that uh, have a whole lot of melody because I'm just like, I'm there for the lyrics most of the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah. I'm there for... I mean, instrumental songs are great to me. Yeah. But, Between kind of... Yeah, but like the melody is what catches me and then I'll kind of investigate the lyrics after that. Right. It's kind of an afterthought, but having good lyrics with a good melody is kind of like the winning combination for me. Nice. Yeah. Because instrumental bands, if they're doing it correctly, they can tell their story. Right. They, the intro, mm-hmm. the middle, and the end. And it's like, that was fantastic. I like I got yeah. sweats listening to that. Like, listen to like, I mean... It's an extreme example, but like Beethoven and Mozart, like mm-hmm. doing stuff on piano, it evokes emotions from you yeah. in a different way than lyrics do. Right. But it's something you can kind of feel and visualize the way you can with good lyrics. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, RJ. RJ. All right, so this is more of a nostalgia kind of thing. Um, I'm going back a little bit. Uh, some, this band, I remember just being little, and it was played for me many times. The only other bands that I knew of I had tapes for Michael Jackson and the Beach Boys. And you have that genre, if you will. And I was brought this song, and just from this day, you could play this song. And I'm like, I enjoy this song. It's everyone, everyone knows it. Yeah. The Eagles, Hotel California. Oh, it's interesting. A fantastic song. I, you never like will see me. Like, they'll start playing it. I won't skip it. I have to listen. I hit the, the solos. I have to hear all the, yeah. like, the lyrics for it. It's like, you know, I'm not, I can't relate to the lyrics if you say personally yeah. but it's just it's just the emotional bond that I have of being a little kid and just being play that song play that song again yeah and, I, and it's, it's a fantastic song it's really hard with classic rock there's certain songs that you can't turn your back on mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there's just certain songs that's just like even though because I remember like I grew up on classic rock my my both my mom and my uncle both musicians and so they, they played a lot of music for us when we were younger. And classic rock is just one of those things that I really liked when I was young. And then a little movie called School of Rock came out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I hate classic Makes rock. Makes you really love ACDC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it, like, you can't turn your back on some of those songs, even yeah. though they're, like, some of the most popular songs ever made. <laughs> like, yeah. Hotel California is probably up there in, like, the top 20 songs ever made get a handful popularity. of people and like all of them have heard it exactly <laughs> like, yeah. yeah we know that they're iconic bands like, right yeah and that kind of like deludes me sometimes like you know when uh, just hearing an acdc song in particular like they are a great band oh, they yeah. were great for what they did but maybe it's i've heard it so much or maybe it is school of rock that just <laughs> ruined it for me yeah but yeah eagles yeah the yeah. eagles i i'm not a huge eagles guy um, I've never dived deep on them. Don't know why. Uh, my, my mom likes them, but she was like more like a sticks person. Mm, so yeah. Like, sticks is fun too. Yeah. And journey. Blue so like, man. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that, uh, Eagles live thing that they did. The live acoustic one. Yeah. Where they have like seven people playing acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. And it was sick. Yeah. It was great. There was a lot of songs I didn't even know were by the Eagles. I mean, a lot of those guys on their own are great, too. I mean, just from, like, the 70s. And just, yeah, they yeah. had so many hits, one after another. And yeah. Yeah, the the opening of Hotel California is, like, up there for most painful learning guitar. <laughs> oh, I People tried, having I tried. to listen to <laughs> yeah. it 
over and over and over again. It's on the top five of do not play a guitar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> that stairway to heaven. Yeah, man, Fucking my mom was seven. so mad at me when I was like in seventh or eighth grade and I was learning stairway to heaven on my guitar because <laughs> she was just like, "You gotta stop. You gotta <laughs> stop playing this. <laughs> like, play the solo or shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Because you're learning, right? When you're yeah. learning guitar, especially when you're young, like the only way that you learn is just playing it over and over mm-hmm. and over yeah. and over While again. they're in the kitchen yelling, play Freebird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like, don't know that yet. <laughs> All right. So the next one here is going to be favorite current song. Yeah. Okay. Another emotional <laughs> hit for me. Now, I, um, I've never been on this person's train super hard. They have a couple of songs that I like, but what I mean by this person's train means that they hit a certain popularity. They've been in the news recently, um, but I was uh, never like, oh my gosh, I need to listen to everything that this person did. That's how I was with Miley Cyrus. With Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. made bangers, I was just like, Damn. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in on mm-hmm. everything that you do going forward. Oh, yeah. Right? But this person, I love them. I love their voice. I'm not like a diehard fan of theirs. But uh, so the song is "Someone Like You" by Adele. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Great artist. Adele, <laughs> of course, she's got that voice. Yes, right. And mm-hmm. the first time that I, I actually heard her was when she did "Skyfall," the James Bond movie, mm-hmm. when she did that the song for it. And "Skyfall," it's a it's a fantastic song. And I remember watching the movie and hearing it because I'm a big James Bond guy and being like, "Who is this person?" Right. And then my wife was all, it was just like, "Oh, that's Adele. How do you not know who Adele is?" <laughs> She's been around for five yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Like every number one single for five yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. I don't really listen to yeah. pop music. What's well, Adele? Current pop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> current pop music. But someone like you as a song, like I know, "Hello" is you know probably might be her big hit or biggest hit. I don't hit. know. I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But Someone Like You, I know that's another one of her big hits. I have it on a playlist that I made, that I started making maybe um, three months ago, this playlist. And it's on there. And I look forward to the song every single time. Mm. Um, so Someone Like You, it's a great song. Um, you'll notice that a lot of my choices um, will be very over the top and melodramatic. Um, so that's that song. <laughs> that sums up Adele. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Side note: Have you seen Adele lately? Right. Noise. A little controversy there. Right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> She's lost some weight recently, yeah. and you know it's 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 great. It's whatever she wants to do. I mean, like, it's like that Kumail Nanjiani. Like he got in super great shape for that other movie too. Right. And yeah. Great. Looks yeah. great. No one cares. Same thing. Right? Yeah. I just wish more people talked about getting juiced. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. <laughs> well, you're talking about Adele getting juiced. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, Adele has a ton of hits that aren't even, aren't even like, on the radar. She had one, I don't even know if it's popular, but Right As Rain mm-hmm. is one of my favorites by her. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of those albums has a whole handful of songs that I love on there. Yeah. That I completely forget about. Right. But her, like, she's... Kind of like the Whitney Houston's and like the Mariah Carey's yeah. of the '90s generation that we grew up on. Right. Like, there's not too many of those. Like, there's tons of pop stars nowadays now, but right. singer songwriters. Yeah. I don't know if she writes her own songs or not, but yeah. people with great, powerful voices like that. Like, there's not too many of them around anymore. Yeah. So it's good to see people doing that right. Right. Yeah. There. Uh, what's her face? Uh, I I love that album. That main album that she made. 
uh, why can't I think of her name right now? Um, Rehab, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So yeah. she she was another one of those that's that bridges that gap. Yeah. Unfortunately, she died way too young, but she goes into that category too. Of mm-hmm. Like very distinct voice, very unique, powerful very popular. too. Yeah. 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 Corinne Bailey Ray is another one from uh, from the UK that mm. was that similar style, but a little bit lighter. Yeah. Really good. Nice. Uh, so my favorite song currently. I saw this band on NPR's Tiny Desk concert before even seeing or hearing anything about them. Mm. I think I'd seen their name around, but they did a live uh, live performance there, and the first song they played was this song called Colossus, and it's a band called Idols, I-D-L-E-S. Mm. They are what I would describe as like a, a happy, hardcore punk band with like kind of post-punk influences. Mm. It's one of the heaviest songs I've ever heard, but the whole feel, the overall feeling of the entire song is incredibly, like, positive. Yeah. Like, super powerful song. Um, But yeah, they're another band that kind of just blew me out of the water when I heard them. I didn't know people could make music like that. Right. And uh, everything on that album, they have an album called Joy as an Act of Resistance that is... I guess they call themselves an angry man band because they do like boy, they don't do boy band music, but they're not a boy band. Right. But he sings so angrily and his lyrics are so positive. It's amazing. It's a cool mix. Different than like a, like a set it straight or a, yeah. Okay. So take like a Nick cave and the bad seeds, like post punk style stuff and mix it with that, like hardcore, like, uh, Extremely British. I don't know what part of the UK they're from, but yeah. extremely British angry man voice just screaming into a microphone <laughs> until his face turns red yeah. <laughs> and just wailing on guitars. Amazing. And they did it at an NPR Tiny Desk concert, which was so sick to watch. That's awesome. And that album itself is great. But they just put out a live album, too, that is worth mentioning. It is awesome. I can't wait for us to spend time on this podcast explaining the convolution of, like, the genres of punk music yeah because it is ridiculous oh. like i feel bad like when someone asks me what's my favorite style of music i don't even try i just tell them like hey man it's very particular yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's this one category yeah. that's a subgenre of like 15 other categories yes. but it's punk mm-hmm. but it's just it's just in this very specific region yeah. of the country it's like, like you so have it's to like sex pistols there, right yeah. no like the sex pistols, they're pretty underground yeah like, I know it's so frustrating trying to explain to people like what Pacific Northwest post hardcore music is. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's so specific that you have to hear it. And even if you hear it for the first time, you probably won't be able to tell a difference maybe from Mm -hmm. like an East coast hardcore band. Right. Yeah. And it's like, but it's, it's so specific to the area. It really is. (laughs) And in that time too, because it was like a little flash. Like, yeah, I don't even know if there's a scene like that anymore. I don't know if those bands play. I don't think so. Like, have you, have you, did you hear uh, Ceremony's new stuff? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's great, but it's nothing no. that's like their thrash punk from San Francisco, which is, again, something like really particular yeah. to like them yeah. in that area. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll still play like Gilman. Yeah, And right. people will still mosh the fuck out. Like, they <laughs> go crazy for them. Yeah. But it's not the same at all. It's like 80s new wave. I know, yeah. And I love it. 
I know when I try to play like a like a, a band that I like from that genre of music to someone, they're like, "Oh yeah, like emo." I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. let's just go with that. Let's just go with that." Nights, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, RJ, what is your new favorite song? All right, so I think we discussed this that we can do covers. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, it originally was by a band named The Counting Crows uh, called a song called Round Here, which oh, was yeah. big in the 90s. But an artist did a, a cover song of it, of a live recording, uh, named Dustin Kensrue is the artist. He's the lead singer of the band Thrice. And you take thrice as like, you know, like previous stuff. It was a little harder, a little faster to all of a sudden strip down just somebody wailing and singing the Round Here song. It's such a beautiful rendition of it. Mm -hmm. Love it. It's fantastic. And it's just, I get the feels every time listening to it. The whole album is fantastic. This song is probably one of my favorites on there. Oh, yeah. Is, Is that, does he only have one album? That's the live no, he's acoustic, got or is quite it quite a few? Oh, he's got Dustin. a couple as Dustin Kensrue, then he's got you know, all the three. So he's got right, like yeah. live Dustin Kensrue albums. He has three. I think oh, he two has two or three. Two or three, and, and then he all has covers? two recorded no, 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 only albums. Oh, only one is covers. Okay. Yeah, got then it. he has two recorded albums. Like he's got a good amount of work just as Dustin. Kensrue. And then he has yeah. one with his like a the, the religious album yeah, right. that he yeah. did. Yeah, his Wrecking Ball cover. Oh that, like, oh, that is a fan. Ah, yeah. 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 It made me like, I understood the song before. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> he slows it down. It yeah. the st- he, he switches the, like the heavy parts. Yes, exactly. With, he flips it around and then catches up in the end. Right. And it does change the entire song. It does. Yeah. yeah. It makes it so much. Cause the song, like the original version that Miley does is very like, it's almost like empowering the, mm-hmm. the, the melody that's mm-hmm. inside of it and the way that she sings it. Um, where his version just sounds pathetic, right? It just sounds so sad with yeah. how oh, this yes. person is going about this relationship, yeah. right? Never meant to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got introduced to that to that acoustic cover album from Dustin, and uh, Jesus Christ, Creep, and Wrecking Ball all oh, always creep. listen oh, to yes. those three. Like, those mm-hmm. three are like... In my mixes somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the Round Here cover on there? Yes. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, good. Um, Down There by the Train, the Tom Ooh, Waits cover. So good. We saw him live at Boardwalk, like kind of small venue. Mm-hmm. That was the top song for me, Down There by the Train. Yeah. Was amazing. Like, just him doing it live. He put on one of the best shows I've actually ever seen. Yeah. Like, it was a great show. But, yeah, that whole album... That's the songs that float on a different blood. Is yes. that it? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I, I enjoyed it so much because I was never like a thrice head. Like, I just yeah. like, um, I really liked, uh, they have the cover of Send Me an Angel. Yeah. Um, which is that 80s song, right? Yeah. And they did that cover, and that cover is really good. But I was never like a thrice guy. I, for some reason, they just like never clicked with me. And then I heard, and then Dustin, I forget what song Dustin played for me. It might have been Jesus Christ, because I was just like, oh, you're doing a brand new cover? Who does a brand yeah. new cover? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And, and I listened to it, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need more of this. <laughs> it was, yeah. Thoughts that float on a different Thoughts blood. Thoughts that float on a different blood. Nice. I always get the title wrong. But, yeah, yeah that album. Well, he had another movie. one called Ursa Major, I think. Hmm. Yes. But it's hard to find. It's not on Spotify. Full of other covers, that was awesome as well. Um, I mean, everything he's done was good. The thrice ones that I started paying attention to were the Alchemy Index albums. Hmm. 
Did you ever hear those? Mm, I don't think so. They had a um, huge different concept too. What was it? Air, Earth, Fire, and Water. They Hmm. did four separate EPs. Concept albums. Concept albums. Mm. So Air was like, like really dreamy, like pop style music, Mm -hmm. pop rock. Um, Earth was all acoustic. Fire was just heavy shit, and Water was like electronica kind of. Yeah all awesome songs that's like cool. it was really well put together and that's when i kind of started paying attention to them like for real like i knew who they were because that send me the an angel thing yeah but that's when what I is it listening. artists in the ambulance is that like their big the, that, that was their safety. big one yeah yeah, okay. the, yeah yeah illusion of safety that's what it is yeah when when it was thrice right but they also had six albums after that i'm always <laughs> very crazy. very um weary of concept albums and it's because of Coheed and Cambria. Okay. Oh. How, okay. How do you feel? Can we do a sidebar? Yeah. How do you feel about Coheed and Cambria as love who reads comics? I love Coheed and Cambria. Okay. I think that they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're, um, I, I, if I take one of their albums, I like six out of the, let's say there's 10 songs. I like 60% of the songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Most of the time on the, the parts of the songs are the songs that I don't like. It's because they're in... Another world yeah, explaining yeah. something that I have no concept of or doing instrumentals that yeah. I'm just like, I don't really care at this point. Yeah. Right. But the reason why I'm weary of concept albums is because there's, I'm so into comics that the infusion of what they were doing sounded so interesting. And then when I saw the product and mm. read the product, I was like, oh no. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, is, this is a mess, guys. Like, it's, it's just, it, it sounds cool. It's a great <clears throat> idea, um, but I just the the actual product that was delivered. I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what about like Gerard Way doing um, Umbrella Academy? Yeah, is, that's not really related to the music, though, no, is it? But he did a concept album in um, the Black Parade. Yeah, he that that was a concept album. That album. I was. thought that was a good one. Yeah, I, it's not one of my favorite albums. I like it when it's like kind of contained. So like Pinball Wizard. And like the the Who, like that Tommy. album Tom, with Tommy, yeah. yeah. Uh, those that album is like it. It's contained and it like makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the Beatles had Sergeant Pepper's. It's contained, mm. it makes sense. Um, I didn't know that was like a concept album. It is. It started off as a concept album, then halfway through, they're like, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> "We're going to do other stuff at this okay. point." <laughs> That's when they found out. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, what are we on now? We're on favorite album of all time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or do you want to do favorite album currently? Currently. All right. Let's do favorite album currently. Okay. So this has been my favorite album currently for like two years. <laughs> okay. So it has not left the spot of favorite album currently for multiple years now. And it's because I had to, I had to make a list for a movie podcast that I do where I had to figure out what is my favorite movie from the last decade. From 2010 to 2019, what is my favorite movie of that decade? And I was able to figure out the movie, and the movie has a soundtrack. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and that's as soon as I watched the movie, I was obsessed with the soundtrack. And the soundtrack of that movie, I've just been listening to on repeat, constantly i'll i'll listen to like the actual soundtrack version and i'll listen to like the movie version where like it has uh them talking and then uh, uh, uh which goes into the songs 
um, or just has a track where it's like them talking where it makes sense. Um, but so <laughs> I'm intrigued. So curious. Yeah. Um, so literally think about soundtracks today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's my favorite <laughs> movie um, of the 2010s. And it's my favorite album as of recently. And it's a star is born. And oh, <laughs> yes. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> and one, that movie is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I just, so good. I love that movie so mm-hmm. much. And it, it means a lot to me, that movie. And anything that's like about the destruction of a man, like I'm a big Ooh, Mad yeah. Men fan, right? Which is just the destruction of Don Draper. That's all you're saying, right? Um, with other stuff, but that's what it can be boiled mm-hmm. down to. And so the movie, you're just seeing the destruction of this guy, right? Throughout this movie. And no matter what he does, um, he will always, uh, or he feels like he'll always, won't be able to outrun these certain demons, right? And so listening to that album, and, and the album is so interesting because you have this guy who is helping to develop an artist who the artist then develops herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the guy is kind of getting left behind. And, um, I was having this conversation with my friend the other day and he was like, you know what? I'm just not a fan of the song shallow. Right. Which is the big hit from the movie. Right. And I was like, and I was like, why? And he's like, it just seems off. The song does. And I was like, that's the best part about it. Like if you watch the movie conceptually of how that song is made, mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm, singing yeah. in a parking lot of lyrics that she has, right? Yeah. He hears a melody. He goes with his band, creates a song around these lyrics and a melody, and then they perform it for the first time yeah, on stage. Brings her out right. like not knowing she's going to perform. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The song, if you look at the song and you break it down to understand like what are the moving pieces of the song, does it's not cohesive it has a really weird ending the way it goes in and out of the chorus and the bridge it like mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense chorus is kind of a placeholder for me exactly yeah. yeah and it's because it's somewhat improvised as a song that was made okay. on the spot well, i mean yeah. <laughs> i've never thought of it like that it yeah it's just it's just the the <clears throat> song is so genius because it has so many flaws and to be able to not make a fully polished product and to have it have flaws as a song and then that be the song that's like yeah. the hit song from it yeah like it's just it's just an amazing album i love the album i love every single song on there uh bradley cooper's awesome love him oh he yeah he did great yeah. i don't know how much of that he recorded on the album is it all him uh i don't know if he he all the vocals obviously and then uh they went they it was a, a group effort on the lyrics uh, but he had he he learned guitar for the movie, he, as far as I understand, he didn't play the guitar on the tracks of the song, which yeah, makes sense. I'm fine with that. Right. Like, but it, he does such a good job. It's similar, like Ryan Gosling with La La Land. It's similar with him where like, it's so frustrating when you, as a guitar player, when you see an actor playing guitar, you're like, motherfucker, you're not mm-hmm. even trying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like Bradley Cooper, you can tell he learned how to play guitar. I'm like, that's a G. That's yeah. a C. Yeah, okay, exactly. Fine. And yeah. well, that the crazy in the first like five minutes, he has like this intense solo of like he's playing on stage it's yeah. like wild solo and it's it's an it's a really easy solo but it has a lot of emotion to it a lot of reverb that's coming off the amp right and yeah exactly yeah. but like when you're watching him play it he's playing the notes of a solo yeah of a song like it's cool yeah um so yeah His face went along with it too you know yeah. people have that like iconic like guitar face yeah exactly you know <laughs> and he, he 
he did his work like studying what he should be doing for exactly that. yeah i get so frustrated watching concert scenes in movies like i just don't like it a lot of times mm-hmm. they spend too much time watching these people play music as a concert scene in the movie and yeah. it's not entertaining to me and it's like that movie i love every single concert scene yeah. on it the way it's shot the way yeah. it looks everything i wanted to see like more of the concert when they yeah. were playing which is rare that right. yeah I couldn't even remember the songs by the end of the movie. And that's that whole movie reminded me of... Uh, did you ever see the Wilco documentary? Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the whole story of Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, his addiction to pills. Yeah. And just his general demeanor and fighting demons, I guess. Yeah, but exactly. It, yeah, it really... It hit a different way. I don't know if it was the music in the movie was more relatable to me. Like, if they made him, like, a rock star or something... Mm-hmm. Like Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg? Like Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> yes. It wouldn't do the same thing. Although I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Stand up and shut up. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the band? Uh, like Steel, Steel Dragon? Steel Dragon. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Sick. Um, but it wouldn't have the same resonance as me. Yeah. To me as uh, this whole like ryan adams jeff tweedy character yeah with a sprinkle of like eddie vetter in there it was real like americana style yeah like yeah eddie vetter style yeah it was like there was something personal about it that i could relate to in the music that i grew up listening to and the music that i currently listen to but with the amazing voice of lady gaga yeah i know she's so awesome in the movie so great i wish she would change her name so i don't have to say i love lady gaga (laughs) yeah yeah all right yeah so one of the albums that I've been listening to currently... Oh, we're doing all time, aren't we? Oh, no, we're doing current. Current. We're doing current. Yeah, we're starting yeah. with the current one. The current one I've been listening to is... I don't know much about them, but it's this band called Mount Joy. Hmm. Heard one song off of it, which I wish I had took down the name of because I cannot remember it <laughs> now. Um, oh, it's called I'm Your Wreck. Hmm. And... Uh, it just kind of popped up on Spotify one day and listened to the whole album. Whole album is equal to that song. Great album, front to back. It's a kind of an indie rock style, like, um, what's that band where they do a lot of claps and they got a bunch of people, bunch of people singing in the background, like head in oh, the heart type stuff. Yeah, they were on Scrubs. Are you Probably. thinking of that band? They oh, like... not in Polyphonic Spree, but they were <laughs> But they're just kind of like, they got a bunch of different styles blended in there. Just yeah. a bunch of hippies getting together and playing music is mm. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great album front to back. It's got some great lyrics. I uh, wasn't expecting to really get that into it. And uh, it all just like flowed really well. But I listen to that constantly. Like if, if one song comes on randomly, I got to switch to the whole album. Yeah. Like, I got to listen to that full album, which I think is a big part of choosing a favorite album for me was how cohesive is the album right and kind of like what you were saying with coheed and cambria is uh how they had a few songs on there that don't really like you wouldn't listen to them on their own yeah but when an album's good i feel like those songs are just kind of an afterthought and they're like they need to be in there even though you wouldn't listen to them on their own right but it's like that album wouldn't be the same without those songs. it tells the story yeah you know all the parts yeah like little interstitials i guess but for me that album flows really well and uh they just came out with a new album that i gotta start listening to a lot more but everything they put out so far has been awesome 
Nice. Kind of unique style. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Arja, what you been listening to? So, currently, um, favorite album of myself. Uh, this person was in another band as well. Uh, similar to like Dustin Kendrew and Thrice. But this person's album uh, just came out recently, and she's from a band called Paramore. Ooh. Um, Haley Williams just came out with her, her self, uh, Pedals for Armor uh, solo project. And I think it's the whole like Corona and COVID nineteen kind of. She was stuck at the house. I have all these like things written down. I want to record them. Oh, yeah. interesting. That's so cool. it's poppy. Yeah. It's like, but I listen to it and I, I mean, I'm a huge Paramore fan. I love Haley Williams, yeah. and it's just literally I hear it and it's it's still her. It's the quirkiness of her, but it's it's fun and I just enjoy it and I it's a fun little you know dance party. I've heard a few songs of it. It is really like danceable but there's some good like emotional songs in there too because it was a good mix if you like, listen to uh like paramore's first album compared to like their latest yeah. album you'll yeah. see a transition of like the style like it's not the same you know style that paramore is yeah, yeah. it's emotionally driven further down it's it's not all like you know love and stuff like this but it's just like i'm tired of being in the limelight i don't care like it's it's more like confrontational and you see this on her album where she's like i'm famous i know yeah i'm over it hmm. kind that's of that's interesting and, and she has her fun songs but there's some of them where there's an intro track where she's just like hey i know i was supposed to give this to you a couple days ago but i've been depressed mm. so here's my sending of it so it's just she that's plays cool. it that's the intro of her track yeah just like you were supposed to get this recording like a couple days ago but i've been sad just in my house alone hmm. Hmm. And it's so much more emotion, and it's fun. It's it, I enjoy that album. It's interesting that it's a product of our times, and probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for coronavirus mm-hmm. happening. You know, well, like I, I don't know if she was planning it beforehand. Yeah, she she might have been, but I think it's just uh, especially with all the background, with the band, and everything too, because it's like a. <clears throat> They got into the little arguments and they've separated. So it was constantly yeah. like, is yeah. Paramore still a band? Like, are we still going to be there? And, and they've had a lot of like changes of their lineups and everything like that. So I think it was probably just a built up like, I'm depressed. I'm going to write this in my book. I'm, I'm, you know, these are all my emotions. I'm going to write it in my notebook. And then eventually she opens it up and she's like, hey, I got an album here. I, I can <laughs> do something with this. And it, it, it's very touching. Some of the songs, it's just like, oh, okay. I feel yeah. that. It's pretty, Paramore is such a weird band to me. Yeah. Because they, like, because, I mean, she's basically been famous since she's, like, 16, 17. Yeah, she started. Like, yeah. super young, right? And, but that band, like, in that genre of music and the bands that were coming up were very male-heavy. Like, there's not a whole yeah. lot of female-led, like, I guess you can consider them, like, a pop-punk, like, emo-type band when they first started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when they made the transition, is is it Riot, is probably their transition from I'd like so. going from like oh we, a club we had, band um, to what, what is it like the, all we, we know is falling and, and, and that one, one. Yeah. And that was their first one and then all of a sudden you had like six hits from riot and yeah that was their mainstream like and i always question famous. how much of that is the record label pumping out those hits like she yeah. just signs with you know capital records or something yeah and it's like, oh, we got to get these hits out. You got to make these hits, make the singles. Because it, it, it was the same thing with Fall Out Boy, right? Like, Fall yeah. Out Boy, they had that transition as well where they were this band, and then suddenly they were famous, and then they were a different band yeah. at this point, right? And you're, <clears> like, you're, like you're saying, you always wonder, like, what is the musical change there? Is there just, like, producers that are in there? 
Like, what exactly is changing this style from this to this? Yeah. But the nice thing about Paramore is it seemed like, because Haley, she is so, like, distinctive. Like, if, like, there's so many male bands from that genre that you can just, like, interchange front singers and you're probably okay. Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco. exactly. Yeah. But with her, she's so distinctive that at least, like, her voice is pretty... It's a, it's a through line. For mm-hmm. me. If you ever seen, um, I mean, one, you have her style, red hair. Yeah. Two, if you ever seen like a no live eyebrows. performance, <laughs> she's up and down the stage. She's doing cartwheels. She's yeah. just energetic the whole time. And she'll mm-hmm. like get into the crowd and be like, "Let's have a fun time." Yeah. And even it's like the same hits over and over. She's like every she's always energetic. And, and I got to say that is a big thing too. I don't go to a ton of shows, but the shows that I have been to, where the band just kind of goes through the motions. Here's our set. It affects the way I listen to the band later on. And when yeah. I see a band live do such a good job and put on a show, even if the sound's not great or like something doesn't match up with the instruments or the vocals, it it changes something about it for me when I listen to it later. Like for better or for worse, but putting on a good show is like it's something that's underestimated, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've never seen Paramore live, but you saw them, right? Yeah, I, I, I missed that opportunity. Yeah. It was them and Fall Out Boy. That's right. Oh, yeah. And I missed that. I'd go, I'd go see Fall Out Boy right now. I think I'd yeah. play like the, play They the play hits. those. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's all I want to hear. I don't give a shit. Fall Out Boy has an acoustic EP. Do you, do you oh, remember yeah. this? It's like a five or six con- song. Grand Theft Autumn. Grand Theft Autumn is on there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's called My Worst... My worst kind of enemy, maybe is yeah, what it's called. Like but that album is phenomenal. It's so mm-hmm. good that just five or six song acoustic EP. I just wish that they did more of that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But then you get yeah. But anyways. Um. So yeah. All right. So favorite album of all time. All time. This is tricky. This is <laughs> so tricky. So I'm gonna say it's because it it brought me from. The reason why I chose this album is because it brought me from one genre of music and it's a transitional album into the next genre of music that I listened to. Um, so growing up, uh, I listened to a lot of class, classic music. My, my uncle, he's a, he's a musician here in the city. Um, so I listened to a lot of 50s and 60s music. Um, and then uh, I had two older siblings that they listened to a lot of 90s rap and hip hop. So I was listening to that a lot. And then uh, when I was in sixth, going into seventh grade, I met a kid. You guys probably remember him. His name's Sam Miller. Um, <laughs> so I met him, and he was the one that was like, oh, no, 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 Here's the clash, right? Like, he was the guy <laughs> yeah. that was like, he was from Santa Cruz. He had just moved up to the area, yep. and he got me into punk music. The Ramones. And, yeah, exactly. All about the Ramones. Right. And so, and I was really into punk music. And then in uh, eighth grade, I transitioned from, you know, punk music into the next genres of music that I was really into. And for me, my favorite album of all time is Taking Back Sunday's Tell All Your Friends. Ooh! Right. Um, because it's it's just, it's the transitional album for a lot of people, uh-huh. and myself included. Because it's, it's one, it's a great album. It, it's fantastic all the way through. But for me, going from uh, eighth grade into ninth grade... Um, a lot of people, that's when a lot of transitional changes are happening, going from middle school to high school, uh, puberty is in full effect. You're starting to get into more serious relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you strip down like the personal stuff and then you look at the album and you're looking at this like transitional relationship of the head singer and the main songwriter guitar player, and you're looking at that relationship and how they're best friends and how that relationship is breaking up and cause that's throughout the album. And then right. When you follow them, you're like, oh, this guy went and made, like, 
a, a new band and now we've got a new guy and then I made new albums after that. Uh, but this particular album is so good, uh, beginning to end. And, uh, when I was in, uh, ninth grade, um, I saw them at Warp Tour that year and it was just that, I don't know if it was just that year for the country. It was probably like Oh three, maybe, um, Oh three or Oh four, maybe it's probably yeah. three. Um, but it was like, because that Warp Tour went from like no effects and like these like, um, punk bands, right? Yeah. Two, all of a sudden you had like the early November, you had Taking Back Sunday, it's the one you had that we went to. Yeah, it's like yeah. this weird warp tour where it's like, Oh no, 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 this is the new music now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Taking Back Sunday was like they were and still are a big band for a lot of people. Like it's amazing to me that they're still making albums. I'll I'll dive into them every now mm-hmm. and then. Uh, but the fact that they're still touring is pretty crazy to me. Um but yeah, tell all your friends, it was introduced to me by my girlfriend at the time and I was like what is this I listen to punk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is this emotional stuff and I was like oh I all I want to do is spend time in emotional like, music <laughs> think you're gonna make me cry I'm yeah. not gonna cry <laughs> can't make me cry yeah segue yeah have you heard of Stray Light Run yes so that's oh. that's the band right that he made afterwards um that's right yeah oh yeah um which I was like uh where you want to be as an album I think is awesome I think that that's a great album. It's got a lot of great songs on there. Um, so the the transition that Taking Back Sunday made, I, I was always okay with because they still make good songs. They were different, but they were still good songs, I guess. That's interesting. I, where You Want to Be, when that came out, I did not like it. Yeah. To this day, I don't think I like it. Oh, interesting. But I had a weirder relationship with that Tell All Your Friends album. Yeah. Because when that came out, I was listening to, like, Corn and mud vein and slipknot. Yeah, lip biscuit. Yeah, of course. Doesn't even need to be sick. Some hot dog flavored water. (laughs) But then I was like getting into like a lot of punk rock music too. Um like anarchist punk, like uh against all authority, and some ska too. Like I had weird taste in music and none of that involved this emo pop music. But Dustin would take me on drives. Yeah. Okay. And he would <laughs> take me on a, the TBS uh, BWS, oh, which yeah. is the Taking Back Sunday brainwashing session. Yeah. <laughs> and he did that for me with Taking Back Sunday and Coheed and Cambria. Nice. And I never admitted at the time that I liked them. But yeah. then I heard Tell Your Friends. I'm like, I got to listen to this when I get home. It's a fun yeah. album. And I loved that album. I still love that album. Yeah. It's great. When they came out with the uh, like 20-year anniversary of mm-hmm. it recently... I listened to that. Like, that was amazing. But n- I've never liked anything else they've done after that. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, they, they have a couple albums that I think are good. Um, but that album particularly would just always stand out. Just because of the time era that it came in. Mm-hmm. And they were just like one between them and Brand New. And um, maybe, I guess, My Comical Romance and Fall Out Boy. Like, between yeah. those four, those are really kind of the bridge the gap bands that became like somewhat no one heard about them to okay everyone knows these bands you know yeah um so yeah but shout out to dustin because i didn't (laughs) i didn't get my driver's license till i was 18 right and so like dustin would just like drive me around everywhere and it wasn't like hey dustin drive me places dustin be like hey i gotta go do a thing do you want to drive with me (laughs) yeah i gotta go get chocolate milk yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
And so you just like drive with him, and like I got exposed to lots of different types of music in mm-hmm. Dustin's car and uh, and all those different drives and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's how, yeah we that's how we used to do a lot of right. music. Like I know Dustin would be like, "Embrace the end." Yeah. All right, what you got? So this album thing was so tough. I got, I had, I made a playlist of albums, my favorite albums of all time, and it was like eight or nine hours long. Yeah. So, <laughs> to break it down to what I listened to, what I could listen to at any time and never want to turn off, and what I will go to subconsciously, it is John Mayer's live album, Where the Light Is where it's a three-part uh, album, one part acoustic, one part electric, and one part with his blues band. Mm-hmm. It's like two and a half hours long, and it's just one of the best albums I've ever heard. I recently watched the like all the videos of it on YouTube. Yeah. Great to see live. Like An amazing guitar player that I never gave any thought to when his songs started coming out. With like Room for Squares was the album that came out with... Uh, that one, I forgot the one hit song that he had, like the first Body one. Is a Wonderland? No, before that. He had like some hit song. Gravity? No, no. Like, and even those, when they came out, I was like, I That's didn't care I too much for them. Yeah. But I started listening to some of the live stuff. And then uh, I think I heard the song Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. And for some reason, that song just stuck with me. And I'm like, I want to get into some John Mayer. Yeah. Started listening to all of his albums. Loved them, and then found this live album, which is my favorite album of all time and my favorite live album of all time. Nice. Which I got a few favorite live albums of all time, but that one definitely tops it. Yeah. Yeah. John Mayer and the Dave Matthews band mm-hmm. go in the same category to me to where, like, I can't take you seriously. Yeah, they're fucking sick. That, like, <laughs> 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 like, they have everything that, like, the pinnacle of a musician has to offer. Right? Yeah. Like w- they're both amazing guitar players, have these amazing bands, have amazing songs mm-hmm. or have a track record of just being awesome musicians. Right. That I'm just like, I can't take you seriously. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, like I can't I ever be like, you know what? I'm going to get into I John know. Mayer. <laughs> Unfortunately, recently I've become a Dave slave too. Yeah. <laughs> like it just happened recently. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get more into Dave Matthews band, but <laughs> I, there's something about them. It's kind of like uh, like those cult bands like Fish and Grateful yeah, Dead right. where there's something that catches some people. Yeah. But definitely not everybody. But they are like the mainstream. Like they can live in that area of like kind of like Lady Gaga where there's a lot of people that listen to really like underground music. They're like, I don't like that mainstream shit. Yeah. But then they hear, you know, in any Lady Gaga song and right. they're like, well, I could appreciate that. <laughs> you know, John Mayer kind of lives in that dimension. Exactly, yeah. Like, especially for people that play guitar. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a better blues guitarist. No, Like, people yeah. talk about Gary Clark Jr., and he's great. Yeah. But there's a big difference between, like, John Mayer may be the last hugely famous, amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, l- one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Yeah. And is also incredibly famous. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't think of anyone after him, but, like, before him, like, there's top, lots of them, right? Yeah. Like, like, one after another, the favorite famous guitar players, and he's kind of, like, the last breed of these guitar players, which yeah. is sad, but, you know. 
Yeah, I don't know what happened with it. Like that was the thing back in the day. Yeah. Like uh, that's why Peter Frampton was so big when yeah, he came exactly. out with Frampton Comes Alive. Yeah. Like it was the guitar. It was all the songs and the hits that he played, but he released that live album. It's like this dude can fucking play guitar. Yeah. yeah. Like there's not a mainstream appreciation for that anymore. No, it's it's amazing when you look at someone like Prince, right? Yeah. When you have in the eighties, you've got this little man named Prince who's stomping around in high heels and just fucking shredding on guitar yeah. and like is a sex symbol to all people, mm-hmm. right? Male and female. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he's just this anomaly that everyone loved that I don't think will ever happen again. No, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think the artist Miguel was trying to do that for a little bit. Mm. And then I think Prince died and he's like, maybe I should, tone it back a little bit <laughs> but miguel was legit like he's yeah. he's a great musician he's got a great voice and he makes great songs he's kind of in that that prince vein but like he doesn't really play guitar he doesn't mm, yeah he doesn't have that aspect of it like right. the musicianship yeah but yeah that's it that's my favorite of all time all right so for mine uh i kind of went back previously and Looked at my Spotify. What are, what's their new list they're doing? Like the you know year list. Oh, the uh, yeah. year in list. Yeah. And I went back to 2016 when I think I first signed up for Spotify, Ooh. and I was going through every year and just seeing what I listened to. And I'd be like, oh, that's good, that's good. Then of course, you know, Dustin Kendrick came up. You know, all the other bands that I listened to. But then I noticed I was listening to different albums by the artist every year. Like I listened to one by like Dustin Kendrick next year. It'd be a different album. Mm-hmm. And then I saw there's the same album I listened to every single year oh and i was like wow and i was like if you ask me about this album i'll be like no i love that album and we're gonna go back a little bit there was a guy named dustin oh okay i think i've heard of him he had (laughs) a a dvd slash cd of this and he showed me and it was called maybe memories it was live performances and like b-rolls kind of stuff of this artist and I don't know if he's the one that showed me first, but it the the artist is the used self-title, the used album. Really? It is such a interesting, beautiful album. It has it, you know, the the catchy, fun songs that they have before they went too poppy, if you will, to his just angry songs. And just I saw the maybe maybe memories DVD of it, and there was like literally songs where it's like if you listen to the album. You can hear pots and pans being thrown at the guy just to be like, <laughs> I want to be angrier and scream. And you can like lit turn it up and you'll be like, oh, I hear the pans. Yeah. Thing. And then literally his stories of like our first song, I went into a closet and there was a bat. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like scream and he's like, it, it's fun. And it's just. Didn't you throw up during the recording of that yes. too? Because you're yeah. like just singing so hard. Mm. <laughs> no. And it was just, I mean, a, a classic story of just like a band trying to make it in the world and kind of going through the the record labels and everything like yeah. that. And then just being like, Hey, I'm on Vans Warped Tour now. Right. And it's just every song I feel like has an emotion. And that's one. I maybe memories. First song. I can listen all the way to the end. Every single one. Nice. And it's, I, I never skip a song. Uh, it's just, that's one that I'm like, Hey, especially if I look all the past Spotify's, it's one that I listen to every single year. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Is, is that album? Is that where a taste of ink is on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song is amazing. I know it's probably we, we, their we biggest We got it for a, a demo. Like a, it was like a like a, something you get from Hot Topic or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those. it was on there, and I was like, uh, what is this hard, cool song? Yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, the guy in our electronics class, this is right when MySpace came out, and first 
allowed songs to be played on there, and he put a song on his profile, and it was The Taste of Ink. That was the first time I ever heard it. And I was like, this is like a new style of music. Like, that was the yeah, first that of that, that style that, that I had the, heard. In that I hadn't started taking Back Sunday up. at that time. Yeah. You know, it was all about just like Meshuggah. No, I don't listen to Meshuggah. But, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Like Pantera. Yeah. And it was just a new style. I actually never got into the use personally. But... I never made it past that album. Like was that, that their first? No, I listened to that. was their first album. And okay. I think they had a demo. Damn, what but, a good first oh, album. A beautiful first album. But then you had that, yeah. and then kind of the second one, and then the second one I kind of gave up on him. Mm. But mm. it's just the first one. Yeah. Beginning to the end. Is he still alive? Yes. Okay. Uh, they've had a lot of Because uh, <laughs> he's like, changes. he's one of those guys that was like, I think yeah. he lost a lot of weight. <laughs> he's very skinny now. And I'd be like, you know what? Drugs don't do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... All I want is for someone to make like a seven or eight part documentary series on those years of music. Mm-hmm. Like from like 2000 to maybe like 2007, maybe. Yeah. Like just make a documentary on like these bands because some of them are still touring, right? And like some of them are still making albums and some of them we have no idea what happened to these bands, right? Yeah. And, like, all I want to do is... I really want someone to make a documentary series on those bands. I think it'd be so interesting. I want to know how many bands from today that I probably haven't heard of they influenced. Oh, yeah. You know, we were talking about, um, like, Blink-182 and how they had that song Man Overboard, which is way different than a ton of other songs. And how that... I feel like that influenced a lot of the pop-punk generation. Yeah. A lot of those bands... But, yeah, there's a ton of music from that Warp Tour era. And I feel like it was that year, like 2003's Warp Tour. Yeah. That all of the bands just flipped. They right. had other stuff on before. Well, and some of them, like, maybe Sonny is, like, the only example from, from first to last with Skrillex. Like, is yeah. he the... He might be the only one that was, like, I've, I'm more famous from doing this other thing. Yeah. That's, like, completely different than anything I'd ever done before. And, like, he's well-respected. Right. Yeah. And like the music community, he's a very respectable person where it's like, I remember going to the boardwalk and saying from first to last when yeah. he was like 17. Yeah. And I remember when he became Skrillex, I was like, what? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're too short to be a DJ. <laughs> yeah. He's a little guy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, even since like we mentioned it already, you have like Thrice, you know, yeah. Dustin, mm-hmm. lead singer, just kind of did his own thing. It's not a Skrillex level. No. But it's just like, hey, he went out and people are still buying his albums. People in that community be like, oh, yeah, I know Dustin Kensrue. Right. People in and outside of that community, like people that have never listened to Thrice will mm-hmm. listen to Dustin Kensrue. It's a totally different style. And that's right. cool that he can get yeah. that crowd and the, like, the, the viewers and listeners. Yeah. Well, and you've got like Panic at the Disco, which is like this made band by like Fall Out Boy, essentially. Yeah. Like, they basically put a band together out of Vegas and like made Panic at the Disco or what I remember from it. And like, they did a song from Frozen 2 this past year. Yeah. Like, they're fucking huge. Huge. <laughs> Where at one time, yeah. they're just, they're like, oh, that's just Panic at the Disco. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you mean Fall Out Boy 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so favorite artist of all time. Of all time. <laughs> we only got one for this one, right? So this is easy for me. My favorite artist of all time is just as easy for me to pick my favorite um, movie of all time. Um, so at one point someone could have just referred to me as this artist, (laughs) um, because, uh, my uncle who I grew up with, who's a musician, he is just 
has always been obsessed with this band, right? And because of him, I became obsessed with this band. And then because of my obsession with the band, I was in seventh grade going into eighth grade, I want to say. Um, and it was summer and I was traveling with my grandparents across the country and uh, we're, it was really bored because you're in the car all day. And so I made sure to have like seven of their albums on CD and I would just listen to their albums over and over again every single day for weeks on this road trip, right? And it made me fall in love with them. And then um, I became similar to my uncle where I needed to know everything about them. I've seen lots and lots of documentaries. Since I've gotten older, I still love everything that they have to offer. And they are the Anobly band that doesn't make any sense. Um, and they're just the band, right? And I know it's silly to say that the Beatles are my favorite band of all time, but it's because they are the Beatles. Like there is, they, if you go back and look at what they were able to accomplish really at the height of their career between eight years, it is insane. Like what they were able to do for eight years of their career, the albums that they put out, the way that they were able to completely change as artists to be like basically a cover band, to like, oh, we're making our own style of music, to, oh, we're making music that you can listen to certain songs from like Abbey Road or Let It Be Near the End of Their Career, that if you had never heard the Beatles before, I would be curious if you could place what decade those songs come from. Because they're so iconic and they sound so different from everything else from the late 60s going into the 70s, that they influenced everyone else, but they also were able to make certain songs and hits that no one else has been able to really uh, capture the same way. But at the same time, they're so special because they've almost become nursery rhymes in some extent. Like people like as kids, you just kind of grow up with the Beatles in the background. Like they're not, it's the same thing as like singing any type of nursery rhyme to most people singing like Let It Be or Hey Jude or any of these type of songs where it's just like, Oh yeah, I know that song where you may not know anything about the Beatles, but you will know You've a Beatles it. song, right? And the Beatles, they've just always been one of those bands. The the detriment to me loving them so much, it became very popular for every gift that anyone gave me for years was like Beatles oriented. And like there's a lot of Beatles information and memorabilia out there. And I was like, calm down people. Like I love the Beatles, but I don't need to wear Beatles shirts every single day, you know? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I love the Beatles. I love every single album of theirs. Um, I would say my favorite album is probably Abbey Road. Um, so yeah. I've never heard of them. I've got to check them out. <laughs> Are they new? Sounds good. <laughs> it, it's tough no. because like it's... It, uh, I have friends that will roll their eyes at me when it comes to the Beatles. right? And it's because they're... It's I. There's no argument to say that they're bad. It's just you can just decide not to care. Oh yeah, no, you know I hate saying? that. Like, yeah. it just writing somebody like, yeah, writing some band off because they're the Beatles. Right. It's like, yeah. they're the Beatles for a reason. Right. They like, have the reputation. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, they literally changed a style of music that everyone decided to change at the same time. Yeah. They arguably it's. It's argued, but most people would point to that they developed distortion for the first time. Okay. Uh, with using yeah. reverb on their guitar. Um, they made the first concept album that we understand was like the first concept album. Uh, they just did all of these different firsts. They were like the first 
real big mega band. You had Elvis before that, but he was one dude. Like they just did so many firsts that it's hard to just like discount them at any place. My first real like introduction to the Beatles was when I started listening to punk music and forgot what bands I was listening to, but I was playing them for my dad and I was like, yeah, it's just so cool. It's like, nobody else plays music like this. And he's like, have you ever like listened to like anything else by the Beatles other than like Blackbird or Let It Be? Yeah. It's like, no, like, what do you mean? And so we drove around town looking for the CD, going to like Borders and Dimple yeah. of the White Album yeah. so you can play Helter Skelter. Oh, yeah. And he's like, this, like, it's not necessarily punk rock by definition, yeah. but it's definitely something different than nobody was doing at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. And definitely not bands like the Beatles were doing at the time. Oh, yeah. And hearing that song, like, blew my mind, opened me up to the Beatles, which, like you said, we all knew growing up. We knew we knew Blackbird, and we knew uh, Hold Your Hand. We knew all the hits. We knew yeah. that the Beatles were the Beatles. Right. But there's so much to them that I still haven't even gotten into. Like, I haven't listened to Sgt. Pepper's all the way through because I know I got to listen to it all the way through. Yeah. Like I can't just pick a song in there and listen to it and understand it. Like I haven't listened to all of Abbey road all the way through. It's like, I got to get into a lot of those albums, but it's, yeah, they are something else. It's one of those bands that I just haven't gotten into because they're so like prolific. Yeah. That, it takes a while. To... It's hard. It's it's hard to like want to get into it at the same time because they are so prolific and mm-hmm. they have so much there. It's like, okay, if I'm going to get into them, Where then I'm just going to like, yeah, I'm just going to have to like set aside yeah. music and just be like, okay, I'm going to listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The White Album is such an interesting album because they had, yeah. they had a revolver before that. And then they soon came out with the White Album and the White Album is so interesting because that's when they had already been doing drugs but that's when they really went to India and really started doing some crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But so, like, the White Album, you have, you know, Helter Skelter. You have a song called Piggies, which is, it's a weird song, but it's called Piggies. Why don't we do it in the road? Yeah, exactly. Just yelling, why don't right. we do it in the yeah. road? Yeah. <laughs> which is a sick fucking song. Yeah. Like, lyrics aside, it's yeah. a great musical song. Right. Like, yeah. Sick. Yeah. Like, Revolution 9. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it was. Like, number 9. Yeah. Number 9 yeah. just ambient noise right <laughs> how many bands were influenced by just that song? yeah i know exactly. you know yeah. like godspeed you black emperor is like an instrumental band that has found sounds in it and there wasn't anybody really doing that at the time yeah right yeah they just influenced so much like yeah it's like they went ahead into the future and was That's like oh we like. need to sum up all of music into eight years right like, <laughs> all right we got it yeah essentially what? like i could i mean yeah, it's probably argued if you can find every genre of music in there, but I'm sure someone could maybe argue it. But Yeah, yeah. that would be an interesting <laughs> experiment. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot going on in there. I uh, I don't remember when. I went with my mom, and we saw actually a cover band. Oh, I've seen a cover band or two in my time. Of, uh, <laughs> of, of the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, and just the kind of watching, because, I mean, you, you, of course you hear their hits, and you're like, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. Right? But then you kind of see, like, you know, it kind of went through their timeline yeah. for their performance. And it just, like, started and then it ended. And I was just sitting there. Remember when I went with my mom? Yeah. However years ago that was. In Tahoe, And right? just kind of seeing, yeah. yeah. And just kind of just seeing them going, like, 
oh, that changed from that. That changed from that. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that okay. Because okay. they kind of did the timeline at the show, And they went right? from the beginning they did to like, like a, the end of their career. Like a retrospective just, of, you know. Yeah. And it was just like, that covered a lot of ground. That would be cool to see if somebody could break that down. I'm sure they have albums where they've broken down like key songs from each album oh, that, yeah. you know, you see the evolution of the band. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. The best cover bands like Rain, they do that um, to where they, they do their dress rehearsals. Where they That's what I saw. Yeah. They do like costume changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, because they're just one of those bands, like, I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> they yeah. should be the greatest band of all time. And I don't think that... For me, anyways, they'll, they there will be anything else, and I think it's arguable that they will always be for everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's weird that I run into people that say they hate the Beatles. Yeah, it's like you haven't listened. I could show That's you songs thing. that you would love. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I've, I understand somebody being like, I don't know too much about the Beatles, but I've heard their popular songs, and like, yeah. I'm I'm okay without them. Yeah. That's a fine opinion, but I, to say that you hate the Beatles, that's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I have a friend that's, like, from, like, maybe 1983 or 82, everything pop culture before that, he does not care about. He does not want anything to do with. He refuses to watch or listen to things before, like, 1982. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why 1982? What happened in 1982? It's, it's just that's when, I don't know. It was just, a long year. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the... That, not the deciding year. I think I kind of put the pieces together that it's around 1982. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like the year that Terminator took place in. Anything before that is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Termin- for the rise yeah. of the machines. <laughs> he is a big Terminator fan. Really? Judgment Day is his favorite movie, and Terminator came <laughs> out in 84, so it can't... It, it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he's waiting for the rise of the machines. <laughs> All right, what do you got? I got... I don't even need to look at my phone. Um, it's band Caspian. Oh, okay. Do you know Caspian? Yes. Favorite band of all time. Interesting. Yeah. I had a lot of trouble... Not like, a well-known band. No. Yeah. But I don't... I feel like a lot of people could get into them at the same time because they... They're not going to compare them to the Beatles, but <laughs> in the same conversation we're just having, yeah. they have a lot of different styles in their whole breadth of work yeah like i think they have seven albums out now and they evolve throughout each album and at one point go back to the beginning and kind of refine what they did in that first album like they do what they did on the four trees better on this like new album um on circles like Hmm. every album that they have is great front to back yeah it's a orchestration like they they compile it in a perfect way. It's amazing what they can do with looping pedals with, for the most part, no lyrics because some of their songs do have lyrics now in the newer ones. Um, and it's amazing how they added in subtle lyrics to it. Not to mention saw them live twice and, uh, put on an amazing show. It is a fantastic show. So good. Like you feel something going to those shows and it's crazy how much the, like a lot of instrumental bands, but Caspian in particular can convey a certain emotion through just music and no lyrics yeah, and make you feel a certain way with just a guitar played with an electronic bow to make it sound like a violin and no drums. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Then what they did with waking season, they went a more electronic route and I thought I wouldn't like it at first. And I was kind of sad and disappointed 
There's been bands that like, like Gaslight Anthem. I loved them. Yeah. Ever, ever like up until uh, the album Get Hurt. Yeah. And that came out and fucking ruined it for me, and I can't listen to them at all anymore. Yeah. They're but, like a finite thing that I feel like only works so long. Gaslight? Yeah. But yeah. what they were able to accomplish in that like really tight period yeah. is fucking amazing. Yeah. But it can only go, in my opinion, for like, not not to say like it's the gimmick, but like, you know, it, it's, they're doing a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have that EP, I don't know if you listened to it, Senior and the Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they did go a different direction and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it could have branched off from there, but then they came out with, I think, 59 Sound after that. Yeah. Which was their hit. Yeah. And I'm glad they did. But they really could have expanded on that instead of doing Get Hurt, <laughs> which everybody was really had, saddened by. Was the one after that? Um, Get Hurt? No, 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 before that. A handwritten. I like Handwritten. Handwritten's good. I like that one. It took me a little, a few listens. Yeah, but, but I, overall. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll still listen to it. But Caspian has put out solid albums from the first one, from The Four Trees to their live album recorded inside a, a church that was about to be demolished to their newest one on circles through and through great albums, great EPs, great singles, mm, like mm-hmm. just a great band full of great musicians. Yeah. <laughs> like, people, there's nothing that beats it for me. Yeah. People don't realize like emerging bands like them and like the other bands that we've kind of talked about, it's so hard for them to be consistent for so long. Yeah. Like there's not very many of them that have just like, it's formulaic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like brand new. I feel like they've been consistently changing yeah. and making good material. Yeah. Right. But there's so many like bands that came from that, like early two thousands where it's just like, they just can make a couple of good ones and then that's it. You know? For me, that's the argument for liking underground music more than popular music. Yeah. Because I feel like somebody that doesn't have the constraints of a record label or the worry of becoming famous and making a lot of money off their music is not held back creatively. Right. And they have a lot more options. And you see it, you you hear about people like selling out all the time. And I'm not against selling out. I'm against the product of selling out most of the time. There's bands that have done it and they continue to put out good stuff. But a lot of those bands that don't rely on the money from the music necessarily, like they don't want to get rich off of it. They just want to do the music. Yeah. They continue to put out great stuff because they have that passion to put behind it. Yeah. I would argue, I would probably put Under Oath in that category as well, where they've just been like consistently putting out albums that are a little bit different each and every time, Mm -hmm. but like are all good. Like I've never heard an Under Oath album as far as what I what I can remember that I didn't like. Yeah. Like it's all like, it's all pretty good. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's ever since they're only chasing safety, they came out with some other ones and like went a different direction with the music mm-hmm. and yeah, it was good. Yeah. Nothing got too commercial. Nothing exactly. Went, That's what it is. Yeah. It's like when you try to explain to someone what converges, right? Yeah. You're like, Okay. <laughs> you yeah. have 25 years? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... What time frame? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, right, you... All right, so you have uh, the Beatles, you know, historic Beatles. Then you have Caspian, great, powerful, instrumental band. I feel like you're going to one-up us here. <laughs> no, no, I'm going opposite. Uh, very mainstream. Everybody's heard of them. Um, oh, unlike the Beatles. Unlike the, Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles are new. Uh, this band I've followed for, for many, many years. 
they started out in the public eye as being the very immature young 20-year-olds that talked about penises and, you know, boobies and, you know, everything else that young high schoolers would be fond of. But their name is Blink-182. Um, I, I, from their very first album and on, it was very, you know, just very poppy punk, just kind of just fast pace. Uh, then eventually they got to their more popular songs and then everyone hears all their like all the small things and everything like that, which they're all right. I still play them as a whole, but I feel like it's just more of the nostalgia of them and me just growing up with them that I've enjoyed them along the ride. And then eventually they started hitting their later on years, I guess when they started hating each other even more and more. <laughs> um, they started going towards, I know it was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, they started changing there a little bit, and then they went to their self-titled Blink-182 album, and I think it was a whole different step, and I was just like, hey, I kind of like this. And then they went to Neighborhoods right before they did Break Up finally and got uh, Matt Skiba as the lead guitarist and singer, but I feel like just the change of like Neighborhoods and just, I so wish they continued with this, yeah. with Tom DeLonge, and just seeing the way they would have gone. Because I probably would have absolutely loved that album. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, it's a whole different change. If you listen to their Neighborhoods, Blink-182 album, and kind of take off your pants and jacket, it is 100% different from their previous albums. And I love yeah. the journey they were going on, and I absolutely loved it. <clears throat> I know you're saying, you know, from you know every single one of their albums of discography, I, I love it for the Caspian to the Beatles. Yeah. But there, there, there are some songs I, I'd be like, all right, I can listen to you. You're fine. You're, you're the quirky, just kind of young 18 year olds talking about little stuff. And you know, I don't have a prom date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't really can't relate to that anymore, but it's just, <laughs> I it's can. still fun <laughs> listening to them. And then especially their later albums. I absolutely love those. And I wanted to add those to like my previous list that we've had, but it's just, you know, the use beat that. Um, but it's just, they're one of the, the artists that it was just like, you know, I'd go through my different genres. I'd listen to the use. I'd listen to like, you know, Converge. I'd listen to like the harder stuff. I'd listen to this and then I'll be like, oh, Blink-182. Yeah. i listen really? to my rap, Blink-182. And then that would be in between everything. And <clears> I <throat> still throw them in and just for years and it's always been like that. It's kind of like your baseline for, yeah. uh, for music. Yeah. Like, it's like any, with emotions, I could be angry. I could throw a Blink-1 and 2. It's not going to make me angry, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's Blink-1 and 2. Yeah. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to throw Blink on. I am very excited in this podcast to understand your love for Blink-1 and 2. Oh, it's on there. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about Blink-1 and 2? Like, I'm not a fan. Like, I've, I've, I've never been a fan. Um, I would say that from what I've heard from Blink-1 and 2, which isn't a lot, right? I probably heard maybe... 15% of what they produce. If you take all their popular songs and get yeah. rid of them, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Which uh, is probably the, the majority of what... Uh, I'll say that Down is like an amazing song. I, I love that song. I think it's great. Uh, but I will always say that... And you, you, you're, you'll be the expert on this. Is To me, Boxcar Racer is better than any Blink-182 thing I've oh, ever shit. heard. Oh, shit! <laughs> okay. Have you heard the Boxcar <laughs> Racer... <laughs> segue. Have you heard the Boxcar album? Yeah. Alright. So you have that, and yeah. you have the emotion of that, and you have, like, you know, they try to go their different ways with that. Right. That is Blink's newer stuff. Oh, okay. Did you hear Neighborhoods? No. 
I didn't hear the whole thing, it, but it, it's not there. Just like you know, wieners and wieners and wieners. And wieners. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not like that. It, there was something about Oxcat it. Yeah. album. I love that album. Yeah, yeah. To say I love neighborhoods and you know the other stuff, their later hmm. stuff. So Interesting. You will hear it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it will be on my list. I feel like we should have like a segment each week, no matter whose playlist it is, where RJ just gives us one Blink One Eight Two song <laughs> to listen to, and we have to listen to it at least like five times, yeah. and just be like, "This is why this song's good, yeah. and you need to understand." I always because, wonder with Boxcar Racer though, is it because you know what they were doing at the time that it's so special, right? Because it's such a it's such a different path it is. to what they were doing when they came out with that. Right, but and I wonder if that's the reason why it's so special. Because you're like, I know these guys. I know what they do normally and what they're good at, and then they do this other thing. And I don't know if it's because of that or if it's because it's really just great songwriting. It it's, it was always confusing to me as to why one they made that album separate from like Way Two, but also why they just like maybe it was like record label at the time, just like because that's when they were really blowing up. Um, did they just like not want them to pursue that style of music? Because that was just was that Tom included? It was Tom and Travis. Yeah, Tom and Travis. Yeah, and right. They had a last song with Mark Elevator. Interesting. Which I like the song Elevator. And then yeah. Travis left, and Tom went with some other fools and just well. Did then they went Viking like, and Rock, Viking and Space Rock. Airwaves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, plus four. Yeah, plus forty four. I forgot about them too. Yeah, I like plus forty four better than Angel Airways. Because yeah. is it? It's. Uh, with when you think about like these big bands of all time and like Blink One Eighty Two is in that conversation, right? Just the same conversation as the Beatles in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Where you have like who is the brains behind the operation, right? And like in the Beatles, it's like you have John Lennon songs, you got Paul McCartney songs. I'm a big George Harrison fan, so George's songs are my favorite songs. And then Ringo would every now and then have a song in there, um, and it 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 was always an outsider's perspective looking in at Blink-22. It's like, okay, is Tom like the genius in the band? Because I remember when like Angels and Airwaves was like, this is something that I didn't think that someone from this band could create. And I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the product. I didn't follow it very long after it first came out after that band for it was first discovered. And Tom's now doing UFO stuff, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I always wondered if he is like, is he considered the genius of the trio? Well, I I don't know, uh, but just listening to this, because obviously you have Boxcar Racer and the way that they went with that. Yeah. And then Plus 44 is obviously different than Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. Listening to now, I want to be honest, Blink-182, I'm not a fan now. Hmm. Uh, I know it kind of with takes Matt Skiba. away. I, I'm not a fan of Matt Skiba. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah. Oh, I always forget what was the band that he was in. Alkaline Trio. That's right. Alkaline. Trio. Never listened. Never listened. Yeah. So they had one song I liked, and that's it. The hit song. Yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah. But then you listen to their stuff now, and you're like, all right, that's Mark, the bassist part. I hear him. I hear his mm-hmm. bass lines. I hear the stuff he does. Then you hear the guitar parts, and I'm like, ah, that's different. Yeah. And I'm like, that song's different. Like I, that could be a plus forty four song. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh. I see the difference now. That's mm. why I'm not a fan. Tom's not there to put his input, to put on... I got this right. melody. Yeah. But you, you still got Travis playing drums. You still got Mark playing bass. But, but Angels and Airwaves is just like, oh, that's Angels and Airwaves. That's fine. Like, I think it's the mixture of all of them together. It's, it's all of them together. Because mm. what was that first album they had with the other drummer? Uh, Scott Rayner. Did he record on that album? He did uh, Buddha. He did uh, Buddha, Chachara right. Cat. And then Dude, uh, Dude Ranch. And then uh, Travis. He did Dude Ranch, too. Yeah, Travis came in on Enema of the State. 
Damn. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. So, favorite album by them? Is it Dude Ranch? Favorite album by them? It would be. Yeah. It would be their later albums. I would say Neighborhoods probably. Okay. Oh. So it is kind of the combination of all three of them. Mm-hmm. That and I don't know if you see that with a lot which, of other which bands. Interesting, right? Same mm. thing for like you know, Paramore, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're like. We've gotten everybody to for us to like support their like Atticus. They're like we, we we support like we have their clothing. We've made money. We've toured. Now we hate each other, and I I'm tired of this. I've done this for the last mm-hmm. twenty years. Yeah, don't want to play. What's my age again? Like anymore. yeah, like it's like yeah. literally. I'm just angry, and I made this just sitting there at my house, bored. Throw something on this. No. Yeah, I was always confused when when they were talking because how long has it been now since Blink has been back with the other dude? Oh, they they just Four, came out with their second album, so yeah. I was just confused when it was like first coming back around. Cause I'm just like, just make another band. Yeah, like, I'm sure you, the record company wants you to play all these songs still, but like, like Paul McCartney would be able to occasionally play Beatles songs for a long time until Michael Jackson had the rights to them. <laughs> Sony, I want to say. Or maybe he sold them to Sony, I can't remember. But, like, occasionally they would be able to do Beatles songs as, like, solo artists, right? As Wings. Yeah. yeah. Well, as Wings or just Paul McCartney afterwards. Yeah. George Harrison was able to do it, too. And Lennon was able to do it while I was alive. But, like, I was just... Con- I was... I'm still confused as to why they just didn't create another band. Like, I know that they probably <clears> just <throat> want the cash grab of, like, playing the hits. But it's like, how much money do you guys need? Like... <laughs> yeah. Like... You probably guys probably don't need to play music professionally unless you just fucked all of it off. Which yeah. Travis and Mark don't seem like they would do that. Tom, who knows? He probably I, has probably spent it all on space stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they both seem like very well to put together individuals. So I doubt that they just like squandered their money. Yeah. So I was just confused as to why is like Blink One Eighty Two still like a thing. Why Why didn't you guys just create another? Because I mean, they have another. You know, how many other side project <clears throat> yeah exactly i guess they weren't as successful like commercially so they, it wasn't viable for them like they couldn't do cares? boxcar racer yeah That's at this like, point money who cares? Do you need? just fucking make songs and put it out there like, yeah who cares yeah in this day and age with uh i mean that's what they're talking about with spotify yeah. now they're talking about spotify being able to bypass the record labels oh, and just yeah. add artists directly yeah. so they have to or they can get around the royalties Therefore, making more money mm. as Spotify. You have Spotify rappers instead of SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. <laughs> but in reality, like in this day and age, like you can do that. Yeah, you can get away with it. You know, you can find somebody to finance you to make your first album right. if you want to pitch it to Spotify. Like you can find people to book tours for. You don't need a label. Yeah, pretty like, interesting. It's interesting how the music field is gonna change. As a yeah, result of streaming. For the last since digital streaming came around, musicians and artists weren't like making money unless they were touring. Right? Yeah. And now we're in a still COVID world where it's like who knows what touring is gonna look like if they will ever be able to do stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's sad because who knows what's gonna happen with music and yeah, if people will take it seriously as far as like a career choice or anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Life. Well, uh, this was fun. This is our inaugural episode zero. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. Um, in the Once this is posted in the episode description, uh, you will be able to find us uh, on social media through there. That's not quite set up yet. As well as the Spotify account to be able to find the upcoming mixes. 
um, that we're going to put together. Um, I believe Devin's going to be the first one that shares his mix with us. Very excited um, to rip that thing apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be all, all Beatles songs. songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like cover songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we also help, hope to have um, our friends on as guests where they can bring their mixes and uh, to kind of discuss them, to give some uh, a little bit more variety than me just talking about, about the Beatles, <laughs> uh, things like that. <laughs> I just can't wait to make you guys listen to my music for like two weeks straight. Yeah. <laughs> this song is a seven hour song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get comfy. Oh, I got a few of those. <laughs> it's just all mastered on. <laughs> But not the band, just yeah. the sounds of what people think Mastodons would have sounded like. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'm excited for the podcast. But, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Namaste. Namaste.